Hope well finds message. You finds message. This message. I well you finds you. I hope well hope message. This I you this this well finds you finds you hope you this I This is a short bonus episode of I Hope This Message Finds You Well, where we share some small words of wisdom from our conversations that did not make it into the final edit. Enjoy. I had that huge admiration for Okuin Wizards. Oh, yeah. Uh, and actually, the show, I mean, at some point, something very incredible happened at House of Kunz, where he created a Matthew Barney exhibition. Mm-hmm. And when I started to kind of be interested in contemporary art, I was a big Matthew Barney fan. <laughs> <laughs> and so when he, when Okuen was uh, created that show of Matthew Barney, I traveled to Munich. And it was mm-hmm. my first travel to see an exhibition. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to like become a bad curator, taking lots of flights. <laughs> but it was like it was a big thing for me it was, it was huge that trip and uh, that thing that exhibition actually I think yeah, many of us go through a Matthew Barney phase and then when you're professional you realize like oh what it takes to make that kind of production yeah as well <laughs> the kind of like unrealistic uh, portion yeah difficulties of that I think there are a lot of people I would love to like work with mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Lots of people I'd like to kind of establish a relationship with, be in di- dialogue with. Mm-hmm. Thomas Lacks, for instance, who works at MoMA is one of them. Well, Joey, well, like someone I would love to, to, to collaborate with at some mm-hmm. point as well as curators. Or there is a curator working at uh, ICA Philadelphia. Oh, I forgot his name, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she's done that very, I mean, we, and we met, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she presented this, that series of projects called College Full Time. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, I think, I think it's a great example of, yeah, someone I'd love to, to collaborate with, for instance. And then, yeah, I think it's, like, places now that are, like, appealing to me. Yeah. That's why I'm, I, I'm like, so looking forward to go to Serbis in Bordeaux. <laughs> because the place is just insane. The history that it has is, like, incredible as well. I mean, also, like, with this question of curator, like, I don't know if, um, is it normal for curators to have a, a crush on a, a, a professional crush on a, another curator? I mean, I, my mine is uh, Joy. Like, is very important to, yeah. to my my. But but uh, Chris, uh, you are, you don't have somebody that you. Not like a single person. I mean, the kind of polyamorous uh, professional crush relation to others. I I always have difficulty to answer the question of favorites because. I don't know, I, I find it very confusing or suddenly I just have this like lots of people's names uh, kind of and achievements uh, going through my head and I'm like, oh, I, I can't pick but also any some, single I, one. I, also because there are so many great creators that are awful people. 
Ethically, it's just disgusting, and so, yeah. <laughs> when I started to like be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of one of the person I really I love the work of, and I've never properly met, and I wish um, is um, Jacob Fabricius. Oh. Probably not pronouncing the, the name properly. <laughs> uh, who is currently working uh, as director at Kunsthalle Aris. Denmark. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely someone that I'm, I'm, I'd love to establish a connection with. Mm. But also Elena Filipovic, for instance, that's just, yeah. Mm. Also, oh, Suzanne Pfeiffer, I think the work that she's doing at MMK Frankfurt is just insane. Mm. I mean, I saw the hanging of, I mean, the, the she did that for the called Just Museum mm-hmm. there, and it was <laughs> but I think it was good specifically for art world people. I don't know if like people that are not interested in art history or like it, but I think it's also fine sometimes to tailor projects for specific audiences. Like, okay, I'm the, if it's not always the same type of audiences you're addressing yeah. the projects to, I think it's uh, it's good sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think also like uh, it, it would make sense to know all the different kinds of audiences that uh, institution or exhibition space would have, right, to be able to also, like, be able to be nuanced mm. and also, like, tailor the yeah. exhibitions yeah, yeah, yeah. to a particular audience, which is also um, a lot of work yeah. to know who these people yeah, are yeah. and what they want. And so, like, your, your goal to bring the, uh, the public or the audience into the, into the planning and the thinking processes quite an ambitious one in the yeah. sense that they are, you know, it would be a, set, a sort of a town hall assembly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope this message finds you well. But I also have, I realize I can only actually answer three emails a day now, even if it's one line. Mm. It's not about, like, how much I have to say. It's about the connecting part that takes energy yeah. um, and I and this is also you know I also like only to email people I actually want to sit in a room with mm. so that means um, that could be strangers too because I might want to you know get to know them so it's not just like people I, I know but like this makes the kind of, yeah, it brings up the question of like how to proceed mm. post pandemic or post at this moment, you know, whether I see myself needing to email so many emails to people I don't want to sit in a room with. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would sign up for that as a first step towards, you know, collectivizing, just collectively like denouncing emails. Uh, this kind of, you know, obsessive like email thing is is really destructive. One time, actually, it was Lara, our previous interviewees. We I remember we had this discussion like our, at that time we had some kind of we, we liked the inspiration to write at the same time we had to write different kind of things. And I think it was Lara or perhaps someone else. I, 
don't want to put words in her mouth, but something about like, I imagine that I'm writing an email because we are so conditioned writing an mm. email that you can explain really difficult concepts and write very lengthy text in an email, but suddenly um, by taking that uh, into a Word doc and imagining I'm just writing an email can be helpful. But this is also the sign of something that, you know, like how email writing took, o- took over completely mm-hmm. your thinking mm-hmm. because it's just oh, so, yeah. we're so conditioned. Yeah, I uh, have a auto response for Shimmer. Like we only say, well, we only work Mondays and Fridays. And we say we'll get to those emails on Mondays and Fridays. But without fail, people will email, message us to say that they got an order to reply and they have something they want to tell us. And and and, and it's very difficult to um, to say, well, like, well, what did the auto response say? You know, <laughs> it, feels a, it feels a bit rude to be like, look, you did get a reply for me. And it said that I don't, you know, I'm not working on this. But, the, but people really uh, insist on a, even though it's not an emergency. But I am starting to think that I'm going to start putting an order response on my personal email too, or getting somebody to just answer my emails for me like a bot. You know, like it could, it's possible. Like a lot of emails don't really need yeah. such, you know, like thank you for your email. I'll take it into consideration. <laughs> Maybe just programming some AI bot yeah, as but, a curatorial response email. But I do think it's interesting, like not to say that the people that who are did, uh, email messaged by social media are unkind or or whatever, but I did think it was interesting how by taking space for oneself away from somebody else causes anxiety for them. Like, you know, that they, I thought that was also really interesting that by them feeling that they were not heard, they had to find me other in other ways. And it's really nothing. It's like, you know, I want to come see the show. It's like, yeah, that will happen. Don't worry. It's interesting, I think, because people are so used to an email coming within two minutes. Also, like on Facebook, uh, you can it will say like this, uh, Shimmer yeah, answers, it's fine, right? yeah, like hundred percent or ninety five. Ninety five is not good. That's like Ooh. answers in a couple of hours, which is considered bad. You know, I think that yeah. It's, well, anyway, now I'm just going on. A different well, this reminds me of one thing. I was recently, since the pandemic, working with with an institution, a, a piece of writing, and um, I would quite appreciate this email, um, automated email, which was to, and I'm not sure, I haven't, you know, I don't know if you've encountered that. It says due to funding, oh. funding cuts, I am only working. Monday to Thursday or something like that, or Tuesday to Friday, meaning I think that's all the all it says. So the meaning that the person won't be answering as you know um, frequently, and the workload will, it's will have to be distributed. I I appreciate it because as we hear so much about funding cuts and workers being asked to do more work yeah. at home. You know, the studies is that they actually put in more hours now than when they were going to work. 
that kind of another kind of transparency mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me to see but i also wonder like have you ever put in i really admire people i know some people who do it when they have they say when you email them it would say i'm not going to be answering email till you know three weeks from now like they have a day where they know they will get back on email again have you ever done that i've never done it i just ignore it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I do it for holidays. Holidays, yeah. for holidays. But that's something I learnt from being in the Netherlands. As yeah, well. when you're working. Yeah. yeah. But these are not people who work in institutions. Yeah. These yeah. Are, I'll, um, but even even now, like even uh, like when I go on holiday, I'll uh, say that I'm not available, uh, and then I have to delete my email. Like, like for app- your personal email yeah. or generic? Yeah, personal. Both. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then I have to delete it off my phone because I'll just look at it and then I'll answer and it undoes the whole point. Um, but, yeah, it's it takes discipline, I think, to be able to also get rid of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that um, some people get very anxious about feeling like the person hasn't received an auto-response and so they feel like they have to physically, like an auto-response is not enough. It needs to be like, dear so-and-so, this is really me. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not, yeah. you know, nobody, nobody needs to know that. But um, or also to resist the urge that, you know, even if you're late with a response or if you're, if you have, oftentimes I feel like people have the need, I have a need to explain, like, I cannot mm-hmm. work on this now because I'm ill, I'm taking care of someone, I have this and mm-hmm. such problems, blah, blah, blah. We shouldn't have to justify yeah, that, totally. you know? It's all right. Yeah. It, you know, nobody has to know about my personal problems so that they can empathize and understand yeah. that I'm really overwhelmed. Don't you feel like, though, and now, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I get a lot more, a lot less anxiety if I don't give a reason. Because if I do, if, give, if I don't give a reason for why I can't mm. do something, if I say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to attend or... Um, unfortunately, I'll have to postpone this and then not say why. I feel a lot better than actually giving the real reason, which is usually very genuine because it feels like I'm lying. Even though I'm not lying, but it doesn't feel like it's a good enough reason, even though it's a good reason. By just not saying anything, it means that nobody questions you. And if they do question you, it like then you have, a good, you have the reason. So I think... Don't give a reason. No. Personally. I hope this message finds you well. Yeah, that question of like office life. I mean, I know for both of you, you're used to working freelance and kind of, yeah, going in and out of various institutional spaces, but in this more independent capacity. And yeah, so I guess it's, yeah, and that style of work I'm more accustomed to as well. So just getting used to office life in the first place was a challenge. But I think now it'll just be like, oh, right, I've gotten gone back to freelance mode and this will be very, very different. Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand also like, in, 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 well, not so much in the office zone, but like I, people want to come see Shimmer now. Like we're not really, you can't really come whenever you feel like it, but you can within reason you can come see shimmer i've noticed that i'm very resistant uh, i find it, i don't want people to look at me i've noticed mm. and I, I do feel better if i'm wearing a mask just psychologically not i don't feel like i'm worried about 
getting sick. I'm scared. I'm worried about being looked at. I'm not used to being looked at anymore. Oh, I mean, yeah. maybe from you because I see you all the time, and and being online is that. But the being looked at by a stranger in uh, in, in full face, yeah, it makes freaks me out. Yeah. Like, and so today, like, we have somebody coming at four thirty, but Jason's gonna host because I'm like I can't. Well, I can't do it because we're here together. But I'm like I don't psychologically. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. It feels weird. It feels wrong. Jason's like, okay, like, yeah, yeah it's funny. Do you think, Eloise, that that's also because I had that thought as well about because I'm so now now I'm so used to seeing myself when other people see me that I can regulate my facial expressions. I have a very different sense of control over myself in the world and how I rip represent myself so I'm like oh right what will happen when I can't see myself anymore and I just have to be so vulnerable that other people are seeing me and I can't control that like I wonder if that's also a layer of this kind of self-surveillance I do definitely think that that the vulnerability of of it and uh, yeah I also the loss of control in some ways of my surroundings like people that I don't know are coming in and Mm -hmm. And also the comfort of talking this way, you know, like I just realized like the other day I was asked to have a meeting in person and and until that moment, I thought that meeting would take place online and it completely destabilized me, not because of COVID, because I know this person is very careful, we would meet in, you know, outside, but suddenly not, and it was kind of like, you know, work related thing. So Mm -hmm. I was still a bit nervous and not having that comfort of having my little coffee, my cozy pants and my (laughs) nicely, you know, heated room. (laughs) Suddenly I was really, really uncomfortable, Uh. not even because of COVID, because I know it's going to be all right, but still, it just, it really freaked me out. But do you think then uh, this is also why we felt, we said that we didn't want to catch the train to interview Lara, Yeah. but I actually feel like it's because we had to go out into the world. Yes. Actually, so in the end, we, I I called Lara on on, uh, on Google Hangout and yeah, but I, 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 if I'm honest, it's because I was scared. Yeah. to be in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine getting on a train right now and I've just taken like a cross-Atlantic plane ride, but I'm still like, ooh, train. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, we are yeah. both teaching in person Yeah, yeah. from time to time. So I, I also need this kind of mental, psychological preparation getting on a train. And yeah, it's, it's uh, not easy. <laughs> my my yeah. my rule is that I, if I'm going to go on a train, I only do it once a week, and, and I'm not like mm-hmm. I will not like I have been asked to go to Reitfeld a couple of times, you know, in a row, and I'm like, sorry, like my quota is up. We will yeah. do it on good, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. everybody's very good about it. So okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. And exactly those kind of that personal quota, a friend of my mom's calls it like personal protocols. And I think that that was really a nice way to put it because she felt then very free to say to others, like, I'm coming to see you for the first time in months. What are your personal protocols? These are mine. And that was just really nice. Like, we know we're not going to like go in for the hug and we're just going to give ourselves some space when we first see each other. And I don't know, I just felt like that was a really nice way to frame it and I actually hope that people continue to do that like quite far into the future because this thing will have so many different timelines for all of us and yeah I think that 
hopefully will also teach us just something about like how each of us feels in the world, even without the pandemic and our levels of comfort with other people. Yeah. I hope this message finds you well. That's it for the season. For now, we're taking a break to record new episodes and we'll be back soon with more conversations. But as usual, you can always email us at I hope this message finds you well at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at I hope this message and find us on SoundCloud under the same handle. Our jingle was by the band Difficult and sound engineering was done by Nick Thomas. Hope well finds message. You finds message. This message. I well you finds you. I hope. Well hope. Message this. I use this. Well finds you. Finds you hope. Use this I. Well. Hope well finds message. You finds message. This message. I. Well you finds you. I hope well hope. Message this. I, you, this, this.